Okay. I watched, I think, 13 movies in the last, like, two and a half days. Oh, my God. Dang. <laughs> That's too many. So, good evening, Slowpokes, and welcome <laughs> to Slow Motion Triple Features' fourth annual year-end wrap-up bonus episode spectacular. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined tonight by my good friends Kit, a.k.a. Little Miss Movies, and Andrew, a.k.a. Big Mr. Movies. Hell yeah. Tonight, we're saying farewell to the films of 2023, counting down our favorites, and calling out the stinkers. Plus, we're announcing this year's Tom Cruise of the Year. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited going to be a big, big episode so stay tuned okay so i have um, i i have a t- i have a top 10 okay i've got and then i have i have a lot of um honorable mentions of from this year and then i have um a few that i want to mention i decided not to put them on my top 10 of the year which i i was originally going to put like um older movies that I saw this year that I loved. Mm-hmm. I was going to put those. Uh-huh. I was going to be like, fuck it. I'll just put those in my top 10 because I didn't think I was going to be able to put together a top 10 from this year. And then f- like every fucking year, it turns out that actually this movie this year, I didn't think was that bad for movies. And I saw at, at least 10 great movies um, okay. from this year. So anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know what I've got. <laughs> Sounds good. I kind of had a mind set up like, Pretty much like last year's episode where I've got like my top, you know, six, which is my top ten. You know what uh, I want to do? Yeah. I want to rattle off all of my if it's okay. If you if do you guys have honorable mentions at all? Uh-huh. I have one honorable mention. Can we let's 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 do it in uh ascending order. Let's just go through all of our honorable mentions real quick, but maybe just do like I don't know. Just do a fucking blurb about your honorable mentions, and then we'll go into our top tens. Is that okay? Can we do that? Yeah, I only have a top before. I have a top three favorite and top three least favorite. That's fine. Okay. And then I broke down the other movies I saw because there's like really not that many compared Mm -hmm. to you guys into like drama, action slash animation. Mm-hmm. biopics and comedies and then there's like maybe these are honorable mentions i don't know there's like a couple in each of those that i'm like they didn't make it in my top list but they're like worth yeah so just just go talking through about just so let's just start this section with to, uh with honorable mentions and then you okay. just okay. you'll just do those ones i'll go, i'll just start and okay. go first i'm gonna okay, st- okay. i'm gonna start so go ahead one thing to, to mention so if somebody mentions in an honorable mention uh like uh mission impossible then if one of us has that on our top 10 list then we we say like put a you know we put a pin in it until we get to discuss it for the person's yeah. list is that cool yeah okay. yeah that's fine yep. so we'll do that okay okay i'm gonna start with my i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna go quick okay just mm-hmm. be, just because okay. i really want to spend time talking about my top 10 um so i'm gonna start with my old old movies that i saw fresh this year number okay. one enter the dragon this movie is fucking incredible. This is my um, 
uh, a fistful of do- or uh, few for a few dollars more of mm-hmm. this year. Like it just fucking knocked my socks off. I'm not a I I like some like like Chinese bullet ballets and some of like the old like Kung Fu movies. But like when you get into like the seventies and stuff, I'm like, like beyond basically older than the eighties. It's like, I feel like less accessible, more cheesy. Bruce Lee was incredible. Like I, it's like you immediately fall in love with him. He's beautiful. He's charismatic. He's a great fucking actor, an incredible athlete. And the story and the movie is just fucking good. Um, and it's gorgeous. Highly, highly recommend Next one I saw, Peeping Tom for the first time. Um, Yay. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's incredible. It's great. (laughs) It's beautiful. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Blow Up, but less boring. Oh, yeah. Less boring, right? And I I like Blow Up, but it's just like that movie is like, you know, it's – it's trying. You mean the Antonioni one? Yeah. Not blow out. No, yeah, not blow out. Gotcha. I hate. I hate blow up. <laughs> I, Den- you and Denise, uh, hate it. I actually like it, yeah. but it's just like there's, did, there's. I see like blow out is way fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Did Denise watch Peeping Tom? She did not. Uh, it was me and Brandon, but I will say like I was nervous about taking him to see a Michael Powell movie because obviously he's be- means something to me. But the 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 movie opened and to the opening shot and it just it he just goes oh wow and i was like all right we're good um loved it uh next one ron uh by kurosawa just fucking oh, yeah. the scale is unfucking real we're talking today about movies like napoleon which i have not seen yet um but like we've been talking i feel like people have been talking about the scale and like ridley scott's like yeah you know the people in the front like the 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 150 people closest to the camera like those are all extras and then it's just like and then i just throw cgi in the background it's just like yeah that's fine you can do that like that's 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 acceptable i think um but like they obviously didn't have that in 1980 and it's awesome um uh, great fucking movie uh next one is uh, i saw miracle on 34th street for the first time um oh yeah very silly, um, you know, kind of like, you know, fluffy Christmas movie, but I thought very warm and cozy and enjoyable. Um, I thought it was very You're good. You're talking about the one from the 40s? Yes. The, yeah, not yeah, okay. the not the Richard Edinburgh uh, <coughs> made-for-TV version. And then um, my last old one, uh, and this is, I cannot recommend this to you enough. This was um, one of my favorite surprises of the entire year. Blew my mind. Uh, it's actually a movie that just got, um, a, a re-release via Dolly Parton and um, uh, uh, what's her name? Carol Burnett. Uh, Tokyo Pop. Um, fucking just awesome, awesome movie. Uh, Kit, you and Lee, I think would love it. I watched it last night. Oh, great. <laughs> Woo! That was did, the did one like old, that was the one old movie that was like on my, like, okay, I got to watch this okay. by the end of the year. Good. Did you like List. it? Yeah, it was great. Okay. It was fantastic. It's really, um, it's 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 so it's it's weird that it exists it doesn't fit like what you would i think because like the farther we get away from a decade like you know 10 to 20 movies stand in for like that entire decade and it's like well no they were making cool indie movies in the 80s right as well exactly um yeah yeah, it just it feels very it's very sweet. It's very cute. It's very like even like modern, like contemporary feeling. Yeah. Um and it's just cool to see. I mean, walking around Japan in the 80s, walking around Tokyo in the 80s is just cool. Mhm. Yep. 
Um, yeah, great movie. Um, and it's when they when they first sing when they first sing um, uh, "Natural Woman," that scene where like they finally sing together and they they sing "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman." I was just like, this is so. It's like. It's like such the it's a perfect choice, but it doesn't come off like overly quirky. Like it's genuinely like, yeah. oh, like so adorable. But it's, like it, it's also kind of also a reveal good. too, right? It's like there's like yes. a, there's a there's a reveal in this movie that these people actually know how to play and sing music and they're actually yeah. talented. Uh because yeah. they're just, you know, they're like kind of ruffians, Mike, and they're like they're talking about being in rock bands and stuff for like the first 45 minutes of the movie, and there's nothing that tells you that they actually have any like discernible talent and then oh, you, yeah. f- you finally get to that point and it's just like ah oh, okay cool this rocks um okay interesting i only just heard of it like within the last couple months i don't think yeah because they re-released it yeah, yeah. It, got, it got a restoration and it's getting a blu-ray and and everything so yeah i'm, I'm very I saw happy it on about the it. blu-ray website okay so these are the movies from this year that i liked but they did not make my top 10 well, real quick should I do my yeah. discoveries? Yeah. Movies oh, not from older. Not, yeah, 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 for sure. Go for okay, it. Okay, okay. So I did a top fifteen because the vast majority of what I watched was older. So, I, but I'll be I'll be real quick too. Okay, so counting down from fifteen, uh, there was a movie called Dream Lover with uh, uh, James Spader and Madsen Amick. I think is who was in it. I think yeah. I it was James oh, Spader. I've never but seen it. It's it's like a erotic thriller kind of mystery type of movie, and it's really. Like, it's just a great piece of, like, genre filmmaking. I really had a lot of fun watching that. It What's popped it up on Criterion Channel. Uh, Dream Lover, Got 1993. It. Got it. It was Thank a lot you. of fun. Uh, Beautiful Girls from 1996. Not, like, a masterpiece of a movie, but I just... It was a lot of, like... I think it was filmed in Massachusetts, maybe, but it felt very, like, like uh, Rust Belt, like, wintry kind of stuff. And it's about these people coming back for their 10-year high school anniversary and just, like, picking up where they left off. And it's very much like a hanging out kind of movie, and I really mm. liked it. Ted Demi. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, cool. uh, the Paper, 1994, directed by Ron Howard, starring Michael Keaton and Glenn Close, was just ludicrous, considering the, considering the state of journalism today <laughs> and then how, like, high stakes and serious they take it back in this movie. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, but it was such a good, like, just a really fun uh, movie that mm-hmm. it caught me off guard. Like, I wasn't expecting it to love it as much as I did. Yeah, I've um, never heard of this, but looks good. It's good. It's yeah. it's worth checking out. Like I said, it's really over the top, but it's I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. Um, Breathless, uh, so not the Godard one, but the eighties one with oh, Richard. Oh, real Beer. quick, real quick. Yeah, pa- uh, the papers um, shot by John Seal, who shot uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Oh, that's fine. Um, so Breathless with Richard Gere, uh, mm-hmm. I'd never seen before. I didn't get to see Wonka. Kit just posted a picture in the chat. Of, uh, <laughs> That's a great side by side. It's 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 for real. It's a it's a legit. It's a sorry, Mike. It, no, you're fine. Lee caught it, and it is 100% referencing. It, oh my god! He's, leaning in, he's kneeling in front of a fire. <laughs> Just really briefly, bro. That's that's not the way. <laughs> that's not the way. <laughs> Sorry, okay. go ahead, Mike. No, that's fine. Um, so yes, Breathless was it was a really good movie. Uh, it was interesting because it's a favorite of Tarantino's, and in watching it, you could see like true romance and Pulp Fiction uh, kind of coming out of that one. Um, whereas before, I don't feel like I had a real like clear 
picture of where those movies came from other than Tarantino. Uh, next, Hard Rain, uh, starring Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater from 1998. Hey, I watched that movie such, this year, too. Such a fun movie. <laughs> that movie rocks. Totally yeah. great 90s action movie. It so looks great, too. It that's, does. The I, that set, was, it's incredible. Yeah, and like I still like almost every week I think about the scene where they're taking the jet skis through the flooded Hell high school. Yeah. Like they're just My yeah, dream. it's just like it's I know. It <laughs> takes it takes place in a flooded town, kit, and it's and and it looks like it's outside. Right. Yeah, yeah so like they it's actually like, did. I have yeah. no fucking clue how they did it. It <laughs> yeah. looks great. There's there's some Was there's it like some, a big flop, like a big expensive flop? I don't think I think it did fine. I don't know that it was a flop. I'm a uh, fan. Actually, right although now. who knows. Um but there's some CGI in it, but for the most part, it's all like they did it. Like they flooded a set and all this kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, next up was Coma from it 1978. It was it was a massive flop. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Seventy it sucks. million dollars. Never, never water. It, you can't do water. I know. Yeah. I know. Seventy million, and it only made twenty. Yeah. Titanic is That's the crazy. exception, not the rule. Yeah. It's also right. ninety-six minutes long, which is fucking tight. Yeah, I in mean, two, it was more than one way. In like, in, yeah. Um, Okay, so Coma uh, with um, like Genevieve Bougeau or something. Mm-hmm, I think it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was based. I think it was actually Crichton directed. Michael Crichton directed it. I think it was it, it was based off a Robin Cook book, and I think Crichton directed it. And it was just really good. I've gotten really into like the paranoid seventies type of stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, it can kind of be diminishing returns. So it's whenever you find one that's actually still pretty rad. That's fun. Uh, Foul Play, nineteen seventy six. Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. Mm. So cute and fun. Uh, just like a like a very light kind of mystery type of thing. I think there's like a plot to assassinate the Pope or something. And uh, uh, Goldie Hawn's gotten kind of entwined in it. And like Chevy uh, Chevy Chase is the. I think he's like the. I don't even remember. I saw it back in like February probably. But uh, but it was just a lot of fun. Uh, the Devil's Reign, nineteen seventy five, with William Shatner. Um, it's just it's That's a, a it's a title. horror film. It's 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 yeah, and man, it it delivers uh, quite a quite a memorable rain sequence. Okay, uh, in that movie, <laughs> how's, uh, how's yeah, are these all your rain movies? Yeah, I just really like rain <laughs> in film. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it was. It's like it's just like a seventies occult kind of satanic, not satanic panic. Yet, I guess that was the seven, uh, that was the eighties. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just like spooky satanic stuff out in the desert, and it's just it looks gorgeous. It's it's a weird movie, but like mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. And plus, watching William Shatner drive around in a station wagon in the Hell desert, yeah. pursuing Satanists, it's like yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, next was the Day of the Jackal. I had never seen that one. Oh um, yeah, how is that? Fantastic. Cool. Uh, yeah, my favorite that. thing about that was that I realized halfway in. That Wes Anderson seems to have borrowed his personal style from the Jackal, <laughs> um, yeah. and so That's now sick. I picture him making movies like you know meticulously yeah. like an assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin and Howard with uh, Jason Robards and um, I can't remember the other fellow's name, but uh, it's basically about this guy who like picks up. I, I think he like picks up a hitchhiker who says that he's Howard Hughes. Bro, I've seen this movie. And, yeah, it's really yeah. good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's strange, but it's 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 based off a you know a a story that a guy told. Right, um, exactly. Like that, he yeah. claimed he left him money, or I can't remember, but yeah. But it yeah. was cool. It, it was also it's Jonathan Demi. Uh, you yeah. mentioned Ted Demi earlier, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. I kind of tried to dive into the Demi's early this year, and then I got off because somebody mentioned Jonathan Demi's early work being. I think it might have been on the Video Archives podcast that it was just kind of like little stories about like normalish mm-hmm. people, and I've always been looking for st- like ever since I saw Smile, uh, the Michael Ritchie movie, 
Um, mm-hmm. I've been looking for like a certain type of 70s movie, which mm-hmm. I guess Melvin and Howard was 1980. But uh, I don't know. Just like I feel I feel like a thing you don't get a lot of now. And um, yeah, uh, like little stories like that. Um, <coughs> there's a film called Heartland of Darkness, 1992. Uh, it is a horror film that was, I think, shot on video maybe a shot on film but it's the blu-ray came out this year and it's just like from a video transfer but it's it's another like regional horror film about like uncovering a cabal of satanists which <laughs> apparently is like just right up my alley a handful of <laughs> really great films uh in the last few years have been like that um okay so a couple left uh, you'll like my mother with uh uh Patty Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- I talked to you guys about this earlier in the year. It's basically this pregnant woman goes to see. Uh, she goes to the house of her her deceased husband uh, to to meet his mother, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like just not everything is what it seems. But it's a very good like gothic kind of wintry stuck in a mansion kind of thing, which uh, just really really cool atmosphere. And then it just it was it was just like reading a great like a horror paperback. Um, so I really like that. Uh, okay, top three. Dogfight, 1991, with River Phoenix and um, Lily. Oh, I can't think of her name. Uh, but anyways, so it's about uh, some guys that are about to ship off to Vietnam, and they have a they have a Lily dog Taylor. fight. Is what they Lily Taylor. Thank you. Oh yeah. Um, and she, they're both of them are so good in this movie, and like he's kind of an asshole. Like I mean, yeah. So basically, the plot is. These guys that are about to ship off, they find the ugliest girl that they can find. They ask her to the dance. And then the competition is that all the guys rank, like, basically, whoever brings the ugliest, like, quote-unquote, dog uh, wins the pot. Like, you know, they put all put in, like, 20 bucks or whatever. And so it sounds like, I mean, it does not sound like a movie that would, like, warm your heart. But it is such a good, like, uh, like, like, like. I don't even know, like not a romance exactly, but it's basically like you're watching this guy kind of like mature through the course of the movie, but it doesn't feel like corny. Uh, And then it also has like a little resonance because of like Vietnam and Mm -hmm. this type of thing, but it's just a fantastic, (coughs) excuse me, fantastic movie. Fun, Um, fun, fun aside. This is Brendan Fraser's first theatrical movie. Oh, I forgot he was even in it. He just, he's like, I think he's one of the, he's a small role. Yeah. He's sailor. Number one. (laughs) Very, very much worth watching. Uh, I loved it. Uh, number two was Journey to the Center of the Earth, 1959. Hell yeah. I've uh, seen that movie so many times. I had never seen it before, and it's just fantastic. Like, yeah. such great, like, Looks fantasy like... sci-fi. Yep. Uh, and it's just, like, all the classic Hollywood, like, mm-hmm. you know, the mats and stuff. Um, and then number one, Massacre at Central High, 1976. <laughs> Hell yeah. This movie blew my fucking mind. Really? So, okay. Yes, Massacre, Massacre at Central High? Massacre at Central High. Okay. It's basically this guy starts new at a school, a high school, uh-huh. and there's this like pack of like just like jock bullies who are just huge fucking assholes. <laughs> and uh, it's almost like I don't want to say anything about it because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. So that plot from from that pitch that I just, you know, that little premise there, you kind of have an idea where the movie might be going. I'll say that it gets there in the middle of the film and then the direction it goes from there is what blew my mind. It's just like, I've never, it's it's something that's extraordinarily true about humanity that I've never seen observed in a piece of art so well. Mm, Uh, It is a fantastic, just it's, it's a little trashy, but it's a great, great film. Uh, And so that was my number one discovery of the year. So damn it. Nicely done. Thank you. Try to keep it concise. Yeah. Okay. So kit, if you had some discoveries, 
Yeah, I mean, okay. like I said, m- most of it, I didn't have anything like you guys had where I was like, oh my god. I mean, Tokyo Pop would be the, the closest thing to that, okay. and, and I didn't discover it. Andrew did. Um, but it was very good, and it probably easily stands out as the best of the older movies that I watched this year. Um, I watched a very kind of like forgotten Nora Ephron and John Travolta movie that Mike has probably seen, Lucky Numbers. Yeah, Never um, I remember that. Yeah, with Lisa Kudrow, uh-huh. and it was like it's not. Oh yeah, it wasn't great, but it, it was definitely worth watching if you like any of those people. If you like mm-hmm. Nora Ephron, if you like John Travolta, like mm-hmm. it's a fun role for him. He's like a pompous weatherman, yeah, um, with big dreams and mm-hmm. just a scumbag, and you know, yeah. So it was like it was worth watching. Um, I also, speaking of Travolta, this is not a new discovery, but I did rewatch Saturday Night Fever like in full. Um, Great movie for the first time in a while, and it's so fucking good. Like I might have told you guys, like uh, I actually watched um, Staying Alive because I'd like to watch that every once in a while. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> um, and I and I showed Lee. I was I started watching like the end, the last half hour. And I was like, I gotta wait for Lee to watch, like, make him watch this. Like, just look how stupid this is. And then you know how that movie ends by bastardizing the famous beginning of Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Where he's at the end of Staying Alive, he's like, you know what I want to do? Strut. And then they play doo doo. And he like walks to the streets, and it's so stupid. And I just was like, okay, Lee, you've now yeah. seen the last thirty minutes of Staying Alive. You've never seen Saturday Night Fever. I just want to show you the beginning of Saturday Night Fever and you are going to be able to tell (laughs) the difference between these two things. And so I showed in the beginning and then we just kept watching until the end of the movie because Saturday Night Fever is just very, very good. He's so wonderful in that movie. It's got my Um, girlfriend in it. Which one? Which? Oh, yes. Fran's in it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fran's in it. Also, it's all, also was really funny because, like, I can't remember her name. The actress who plays the very put upon, like, target of all of the characters, like, misogyny in that film is, like, so fucking cute. Like, she's so adorable. And it's like the movie just treats her like she's a dog <laughs> the whole time. It's like, she's so cute. It's crazy. Um, I also watched Wayne's World 2 for the first time this That's year because I rewatched Wayne's World and I was like, I would like to have more Wayne's World and I've never seen this. And it's like, yeah. it's obviously not as good as Wayne Wayne's World. Yeah. And a lot of it is just doing the same jokes again. For sure. But there is still, it's still funny. Yeah, like, it's funny. <laughs> it's easy. It's funny shit. Very easy to watch, I think. Yeah. I also watched, I think these, I watched The Big Short and Vice mm-hmm. for the first time, which I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And... I really think that they are, I think they are interesting to watch because they're really bad, I think. I think they're very bad movies, mm. but Christian Bale still kicks so much fucking ass yeah, in them that it's like, it, watching those bad movies made me go, I think Christian Bale is like what, one of my favorite actors, because holy shit, he's still one of the greats. so good mm-hmm. and so committed. Mm-hmm. And giving you so much in this like very hack bullshit like mm-hmm. movie. Um, I watched American Made. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. He's very good. It's weird how they chose to tell the story. I think it is weird. Bit. I agree. It's like, but I, <laughs> I, I compare. It's like, it's like Blow. If I wanted to watch Blow more yes. than once in my life. 
Yes. Right? <laughs> that is a really good comparison where it's like you have a guy who he's miscast in the sense that he's too old and For handsome sure. to actually play this guy. For sure. But he is very funny in it. And mm-hmm. he, when he's there's certain scenes where it's like, I'm having a really good time mm-hmm. if this wants to be like a kind of flippant comedy. But then it also is like, I don't know. It gets really weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and then I think the last, yeah, the last one I'll mention is Bullet Train. Oh, wow. Um, which I thought was fun. <laughs> yeah, we liked it. I'm just, I'm surprised that's one you got to. But yeah, uh, me and Denise both. Had it just always stuck to out it. to me. And it also, it has, I mean, it's Japan. Mm-hmm. I'll watch anything. And then. Um, oh, Bullet Train. Okay. Yeah, it also Money has a train cover. popped into my head at first. No, Bullet Train. <laughs> it also has a cover of um, Staying Alive that I've been listening to all year hell yeah um yeah it was pretty fun i was like i want for a couple seconds i was like i need to see money train i've never seen money train (laughs) i feel like i feel like aaron taylor johnson's career is almost over at this point but yeah um, i don't know what's going on with that guy but it's a bummer he's very fun in the right thing yeah he's good i'm a fan and nice to look at Mm -hmm. so i hope he pulls it together anyway that's my okay non-2023 excellent Okay. Excellent stuff. All right. Um, so then runners up 2023. Here we go. I'm ready. Cool. All right. Number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I feel like it kind of just got swept away by by f- looking somewhat like Spider-Verse and then also Spider-Verse coming out, the second Spider-Verse movie. Um, but it's great. It's really fucking good. I highly, okay. highly recommend it. It's a fucking blast. Um, I haven't checked out right now. Yeah, and it and it doesn't it it yes obviously it got made because Spider Verse got made and it got made the way it got made because of that, but it's doing Mm -hmm. something a little bit different. So I highly recommend it. I hope I hope they I hope we get more because I think it's great. Um, Next one is Priscilla, uh, the other Elvis movie. Um, You know, there's some there's some, um, you know, uh, what's her name Sophia Coppola, you know, stuff. You know, the, the the sort of it's a very much a Sofia Coppola movie, but I do think it is gorgeous. I think the performances are very good. I loved this take on Elvis. Um, and I think there's some very smart storytelling um, that happens. Anyway, I think it's a great movie. Uh, that, was, that was like the next on my list of ones I wanted to get to that. I, yeah. I didn't get to. Yeah. Don't I don't. finally saw Oppenheimer today. So oh, that's nice. kind of where I was at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't rush, but but when you when you, when when the mood strikes, give it a watch. I think it, it's it's worth it. Um, cool. Next is Saltburn, um, which I really really liked actually. Um, it's a gorgeous movie. All the everybody in it is fucking awesome. Jacob Elordi, who's also in Priscilla, is in it. Um, Barry Keoghan is fucking off. He's amazing. He's is that the Salt- fellow from Banshees? Yeah, just the, yes. yeah, okay. he's all I, I, Saltburn. Unfortunately, combines. My ir- the actor I irrationally despise the most, and the actor that Lee irrationally despises Who? most. I can scarcely look at Jacob Elordi, oh, and <laughs> and Lee hates Barry Keegan, even though he knows I know he's a really good actor, but oh. he always plays little shits. He plays weirdo shits. Can't yeah. stand him. <laughs> we were saying we were saying that like, man, it'd be cool if he put. I want to see him play a normal dude, or just like, just like, yeah. or just like be in a comedy, like just a straight yeah. up comedy, because <laughs> I I think he has it in him. He's just not doing it because this is how he's being typecast. Um, it's it's a it's a very pretty movie. I. 
so I was hesitant about Jacob Elordi. I think he's a really good actor, but like I'm I'm a euphoria person and he's maybe the most evil character on the planet to the point. And that's Lee likes him because he's like he's really good on that show at yeah. being that guy. But he can the fact that I think he's I think he's very good at playing other characters, too, even though I think that he's getting to play these other characters because of euphoria. Like there's definitely some overlap anyway. I think it's good. Um, the next one. Oh, I watched this last night. This is going to blow. I mean, this is nuts. I don't expect either of you to ever watch this. And we all know that I like a, 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 a red box dad movie occasionally. Um, <laughs> the Equalizer three is a really fucking good movie. <laughs> I've heard good things. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because like I like the first one, but it's also like very a very stupid like dad Denzel Washington movie. The second one is awful and then this one i just popped on last night just like ah, i should i may as well watch it and people said this one had said good things and it was like they figured everything out they made everything 10 times more interesting um <laughs> it's 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 also barely an action movie like they they really seem to know that denzel is just like not able to do this kind of shit anymore and they leaned into that um yeah. and it works i think it's a great movie shockingly uh the next one is uh no one will save you which is not which is an imperfect but ambitious um kind of a home invade it starts out as a home invasion um movie sort of about a girl alone in the woods in her house and it and and like a like aliens show up so that's that's where the movie starts Mm -hmm. um there's no dialogue in the movie either and that kind of plays into the plot a little bit um but there's some inventive stuff, and I think it's it's worth a watch for anybody who wants to see a fun spin on some horror tropes. Uh, next, um, Oppenheimer. I liked it a lot. That was really good. It's a three-hour movie of people talking in rooms. Um, and it, I think, for seeing, you know, I don't know what Mike's take will be, but, like, seeing it in the theater um, on the big screen, it's just like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's pulse pounding. I mean, it's like, it's, it's intense. I found it to be like, like really just grabs you and holds you. Um, so yeah, it's not my favorite Nolan. I am, I'm delighted that, uh, he made a movie for $90 million and it's a fucking talky drama and it's his most successful movie. I think that's cool. I, I think that's great. Um, more, more, more 90 or less billion dollar movies, please. Um, Mm. next, uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I liked it a lot. I wish it had been shorter and I wish that I don't have, I didn't have to wait a year to see the second half of it. Um, and last <laughs> Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. <laughs> I like it. I can't, I can't fucking help myself. And I, I, I didn't even, I didn't go see it opening day. I waited a few weeks. I fucking <laughs> let the hurt of people just dogpiling on this movie. I knew it was a, complete and utter financial failure by the time I went and saw it. And then it was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm with my friend again. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I, I liked it. It's, it's a, it's an imperfect movie, but I think there are a few things in it that are, um, very, very smart choices because it really, really could have just been, uh, I'm too old for this shit kind of movie. And it was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't played for, jokes the entire time and that's really what i thought the movie was going to be and in fact i believe that is what the spielberg version would have been um so it just it just Who made fe- this one james mangold oh yeah so it, it just it just really felt like a um a there there are just aspects of it that felt very delicate and very um respectful and and kind um 
to to old age, really. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, and those are my runner-ups. Okay, I have one honorable mention. Okay, uh, Kit, did you have any? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go first? I don't care. Uh, okay, well, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so my honorable mention was Bo is afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, That's on my I... list. Okay, well, we can discuss it then when, yeah. once we get to your list. Then. Okay, yeah. well, then I'm done with my honorable mentions. Go right ahead, Kit. <laughs> okay, I think I'm probably going to mention at least one that's on Andrew's list. Um, so, as I said, I divided these up. Um, so, in the drama category, um, I wanted to mention Fair Play, um, mm. which I thought, it for me, was I was interested in it because it's Alden Ehrenreich, and I... Um, mm-hmm claimed uh back when he'd only made one very bad movie that he was the next Paul Newman and then he experienced a, a disastrous <laughs> fall mm-hmm. in his career shortly thereafter and everyone hated him and if he has managed to crawl his way back from solo to me watching this movie I was like I I I I'm not giving up on you like he oh, that's I how, think he's yeah. really good yeah. in it that's how I felt about I Oppenheimer. He, like he's he's he in every single yes. scene, it's him and that he's in. It's him and Robert Downey Jr. And it's like these people are fucking incredible together. Yes, mm-hmm. he he he's playing a really I don't know. I thought it was a real. It gets pretty histrionic by the end, mm-hmm. but he he's playing a guy who I guess at the in at his core is a pretty bad dude. But you really kind of empathize with him for a long time because of the way that he plays things mm-hmm. and the way and the filmmaking the way that they kind of just shoot his reactions but there's a lot of subtlety into the performance and then there's a couple of points where he yeah. has kind of explosive emotions mm. and I was like I, I texted Andrew because I was like you got to watch this because on purpose these are the this is the cringiest shit <laughs> like the, hmm. the the way that he humiliates himself <laughs> in this movie is like oh my god it made my skin crawl but like good job like well done everyone <coughs> um so worth watching for that performance i okay. think I um showing up um the michelle williams oh yeah i wanted to see that uh, uh movie it was it was good. It was it's not really my kind of movie. It's that very very quiet, nothing happens kind of. That's indie all of film. what's her name? Uh, yeah, Reinhardt, Catherine, Catherine, Re- Kelly Reichardt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, and I, you know, <coughs> but sh- but it was about oh things that I've been thinking about this year of like just being an artist and then just having to also like. Mm-hmm. make money and <laughs> like yeah. deal with life taking you away. And I enjoyed that it was about a character who is like, she's a very prickly mm-hmm. <laughs> cold mm-hmm. woman. <laughs> and, um, but it, yeah, it was interesting to see that I'm in the middle of past lives. It seems extremely good. It is. Um, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm that's very... on my list. That's on my list. Okay. I'm like right in the middle of it. Okay. Um, Action and animation, I also thought Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's like, it's ridiculous what they can get away with because of how beautiful and charming I the know. film is. I know. Because it's in 
insane how long that movie is and how many times it doesn't end. I know. Shocking. And that it doesn't give you a complete story. Yeah. But I'm like, and then when it ends, you don't want it to be over. No. And then I'm like, I would still watch three, uh, four more hours. I know. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's so pretty. It's gorgeous. And sweet. Um, the number of like heart to hearts that happen in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like bouncing from one character to the other, having a sweet conversation, but it's like so enjoyable. Um, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves yes. was like yes. kind of fun. I loved like, it. I forgot I forgot watching. about it, but it's it, that should have been in my honorable mentions. It's a good movie. Yeah. It was like um Yeah, it was it was it was cool. It felt small-ish for that kind of a movie. Oh, and for sure. For yeah, sure, yeah. I liked it. It yeah. was fun to watch. Um, I also watched the Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget uh, <laughs> the other night because wow. I'm like, because right. I had just been thinking about Chicken Run for some reason. Yeah. And I, or I had just been thinking about Ardman, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, what has Ardman been doing? And I guess, and there are things in it, it it's, it's, it's funny because I think the script is kind of like goofy when there's dialogue, but like, as always with Ardman, when there's like, just silent comedy, silent action comedy. It's like very good and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's this one gag where they, there's also a lot taken from Mission Impossible. They like riff on the theme. They do certain like cool. certain parts of their heist are seem to be directly referencing Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. There's one where they have to get like there's an eye scanner. Um, and yeah. so the chickens have to figure out how to get a picture of a guard's eye so that, or some facsimile of it so that they can get in. Mm-hmm. And so they go about this. They finally get like the picture of the guard's eye. They put it up. And then the uh, it's not like a machine. It's a person <laughs> on the other side of the door has to flip through a book, like looking at pictures of everyone's eyes and like match it up. And I'm like, that is so cute. That's great. And there's also some things technically that I'm just like, like there's a shot and I don't know if they're mixing special effects because they shot the characters against green screen, mm-hmm. but I assume Whoa. all the backgrounds are also CG. So I don't really, I want to know more about how they made the movie because there's the chick, the chicken run. Yes. I thought it was a claymation. It is. Whoa. But they shot the characters often anyway against green screen and then put backgrounds in. <coughs> so but I think the but the backgrounds are also, as far as I know, also all clay, claymation. Okay. I yeah. So that's part of so that's part of what I'm wanting to know, because there's shots where like they they describe like this fortress that they have to penetrate and then they do a like tracking shot like all the way out backwards from like where they like inside i'm like how did they fucking do that in clay (laughs) like i don't know so i i want to know i kind of want you to watch it so you can be like how do you think they did this stuff yeah um from your description i have no fucking clue but i'll put yeah it it was crazy so it it was fun to see all like you know and it looks so it looks really different from how their stuff used to it is a lot smoother Hmm, cool um you know like like it's yeah anyway um, biopics, like most of the movies I watched this year, I feel like were biopics hmm. or biopics of companies or something. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> A lot of those. I wanted to highlight Nyad. I thought, I thought it was so good. Um, and I guess we'll get to this, but I think there's other movies, other biopics that are getting praise that <laughs> it is much, much better than, mm-hmm. um, it's basically like Jodie Foster and Annette Benning and then a little bit of Reese Ifans. Mm-hmm. But like it's just really fun to see like 
I guess this is reductive, but like seeing Jodie Foster, first of all, like play a lesbian and play a beach lesbian in particular, like it reminds me so much of like mm. my aunts and like people I grew up around just is like gorgeous and like really fit, but like super tan and like wrinkly <laughs> women. I don't know. It like was very, I liked spending time <laughs> with them. And then they also like, like Annette Benning is like a gorgeous, like both of them are women who also seem to be like aging pretty naturally and they're both gorgeous, but like Annette Benning has to look like shit for like, it's even the poster of the movie. She looks like shit. Cause she's playing like someone who like sw doing marathon swims. Like you are swollen and disfigured and like, like your skin's melting off your body. Like it's <laughs> very, for me anyway, maybe Andrew won't agree for me. It was very gnarly. Uh -huh. Like how they showed like, the struggle of this and you're like why why is she doing this but it was really um it was very narrow in its focus and um I thought just fun to watch those two especially Jodie Foster just getting to see her act some really good material it was really fun she rocks and she's so she's so hot um and then uh Dreamin' Wild is like a oh yeah I want to see that it was it was interesting there were some because it's the it's the um, love and mercy guy oh cool and there are some weird things about the filmmaking like there's weird um, a couple of weird edits and then there was one shot where I was like the kid in this scene is is barely mouthing along to Bo Bridges's lines and I can see him doing that <laughs> and I'm like why so. I mean, I think it probably costs nothing, but it was a good movie about um, a good movie about music, um, and you know, just like what it takes, I guess, to uh, continue to believe in a dream. And the music was also good. Um, That's that the fun. band that Ariel Pink covered. With baby, yes, yeah, that he kind of helped bring it back, yeah. Okay, I thought so because I, yeah, uh, I couldn't remember the name of the brothers, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's who those people were. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of recency bias in these lists, but um, <coughs> the Iron Claw is that on your list, Andrew? It is not. I should have put it okay. in my. I should have put it in my um, my my honorable mentions. I have. I got. A, I got. I got. I do have something to say about that movie, but you go first. I so yeah, I watched it last night and I watched it last night at like four in the morning. So <laughs> I'm surprised you were able to watch it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean I I really I think it is I mean I don't like movies about child abuse and mm -hmm. <laughs> it is like and I know the story I know everything about that well not everything but like I know what happened and, and the story and all that and I'm like what is how is this and really it's like there's like I was looking there's like okay there's 10 minutes left in this movie and Carrie's not dead right like exactly. is this literally just gonna be <clears throat> brothers suffering and dying and then <laughs> the end kind of like is. I was really yeah like and they and then you know they even cut out a brother a who brother. killed himself. Yes, yes. I a brother, another brother who it, killed himself in it, that time period it, isn't even in the movie. And the dad was like a he was like his big thing was being a fucking Nazi, and it's just like yes, I don't. But the movie can't carry anymore. No, and I appreciate. So it made me go like, well, 
I know that the director's thinking about this because the director mm-hmm. was like, because like a true part. Yeah, there's a, I could talk about this for a long time. Yeah. I do think that the last scene, um, I was like, guys, you better figure out, you better have a plan <laughs> for I know. I know, how right? you're going to give me something, something, some kind of thing other than, isn't it fucking crazy um, and horrible? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they kind of I think they did. It's a little think, contrived, but 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 I think the this the him with his kids. Yeah. Um and and I will also say Zach is genuinely fucking amazing at it. He's great. He's he's better than I even expected yeah. because it's not the thing that I usually like about him in things or has made me go for, you know, decades now like I think this guy's actually a good actor is not what he's doing in this other than the physicality because to me he was so restrained because the whole movie like the part and there are things like like there are things in this that are so close to like over the top but they're he underplays them so well like when they're at the funeral for i think the second brother and then lily james is like please, you got to come home. You got to just be with us. And she, and she kind of moves toward him and he like flinches away from her mm-hmm. and says, I don't want you to catch it. Or I don't want to, I don't want you to get it or whatever he's like. And I'm just like, that could be so like mm-hmm. maudlin, but I was just like, oh my God. No, I bought it. Um, 100%. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, And it's set up so well earlier in the movie. Like he's talking about this thing where it's like our family's cursed or whatever. And he's Mm -hmm. talking about it half as a joke, but the way he performs that scene earlier in the movie, you can tell he already fucking kind of believes it because he's, yeah, he's worrying about it. He's had a fucking shit life. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I loved that. I mean, I really like that. They let the mom be kind of a piece of shit too. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so chilling to me, like really early in the movie when he comes in and he's like, mom, I need to talk to you. And she's like, that's what your brothers are for. Right. Like not as a joke, just like 100% like do not talk to me about stuff. Yeah. Um, And the way that the parents kind of seem to have a pretty good relationship and they're still like sexually into each other. Like they didn't despise each other. They like loved each other and were kind of like, instrumentalize their mm-hmm. kids <laughs> like it was like we need to have kids so like they can take care of the farm and like be our wrestling dynasty but like really we're like in this for each other anyway there was so much um in it that like i, I don't really think it's that good of a movie because i do think in the end it didn't have that much to like my real question about this is like how did these brothers go through this? And obviously this was affecting them. Obviously they like ultimately five out of six of them like couldn't withstand what their father did to them. Mm-hmm. But they still loved each other. And I mean, we're seeing this from Kevin's point. Like Kevin is the narrate, like the person that we're getting all this info from, like the real Kevin, I mean. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't as like I just wanted to be with my brothers as he says it was. So I would argue that and it's thin and maybe a reach, but I would say that the movie is good because that thread is maintained. 
for me. I think that's true. I like it. I don't want to. I don't want to see it work. I just want a, more of an investigate. Like sure. that's the question I'm left with. Is like mm-hmm. how did like because. I remember I saw some like press releasey thing or some kind that was like the story of a resilient family or one family's resilience. And I'm like, this is the least resilient family. (laughs) (laughs) But they do have that. Like the fact that these brothers didn't let their dad, who was literally pitting them (laughs) against each other, literally sitting there and ranking them, let that be a lesson to you, Mike. (laughs) And still the brothers were just like, we just like, they're like this little utopic, like, unit that if they could just get away from these horrible people you know they're just they love each other so purely and like how why how how (laughs) how did they how'd they do that how did it not how did i mean because like i said obviously it was having an effect on them but only as individuals in a way like not as this like somehow they managed to hold on to that and i do i think i i don't want them to get rid of that or I just want, I guess, more of an analysis of like, how, what did, that, how did that work? Because in my experience, that's not what happens when you're in this kind of a situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, it's, it would be a hard movie to recommend because it is just a lot of just like, sad on sad on sad. Yeah. Um, I do think that he, he pulled it together enough in that very last scene for me to go like, yeah. It's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think Um, I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) I mean, that's something, right? Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a worthwhile movie. I think the pacing is fucking nuts, but I don't know how else you do it without. I, here's what I think. I think it shouldn't have been a movie. I think it probably needed to be like an eight hour mini series just to like, Mm -hmm. just to like pace shit. Right. Because yeah, it's just like it's like the tragedy ten years or some more. I don't know, dude. I have yeah. no idea. But the tra the that's one thing. I have no sense of time because what it's like the first hour is pretty good setup, I would say. And by the mm-hmm. way, that that cold open is uh, Chef's Kiss. I was like, oh shit, I'm in. Um, that was a huge theme of this year mm-hmm. in films. Having watched a bunch in a row recently, mm-hmm. cold like long pre credits sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Like really long, awesome scenes and mm-hmm. then like credit <laughs> credits. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of a few too. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the movies, the movies. Um, but then once, once we get to that midpoint or whatever, and it's like, they start dropping, they drop like fucking yeah. flies. So fast. Yeah. And it is, it's like fully half the movie you before can't. like da- something yeah. happens to David and. But like, yeah, I have that all of that feeling. shit, all of that shit would have been absolutely meaningless without that first hour to, to yes. prime you. So it's just, I, it's I like, think you're right. It's kind of like the best thing we could have gotten with this story. And it's in a medium that it shouldn't have existed in. That's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think it was like an impossible task to cram that into a movie in a way that I, I don't, I, I mean, exploitative is a strong word, but it, it, it is definitely on that line just mostly because of that timing issue. And it's very weird to hear the director say like, yeah, we cut out Chris entirely. Cause it was just like a little repetitive. I was talking to Lee about, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> hmm. agreed. But it's, that's what, ha- anyway, it's, it's a shocking, it's a wild story, but I was talking to Lee about how like, it almost like, I was saying like, it's not, 
I think part of the issue is it's like, it's not Shakespearean. Like it's this horrific, horrible tragedy. Mm -hmm. But we have kind of a framework for this kind of story where it's just like misfortune after misfortune. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, then the dad would have had to be the central character. Cause like the person whose fault this is, is very clearly him plus arguably the kind of apparatus of professional wrestling that just like destroys people's minds and bodies apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I don't want the movie to be about the dad, but it's like the dad needed to be like, like other, if it's, if it's not, if the dad isn't the main character, then I'm just watching innocence. (laughs) Like, fall one after the other i don't know that's why i mean i guess the takeaway has to be like well how did how did kevin survive that um and i guess i don't know i the 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 movie doesn't really tell me just luck but i i guess i like i mean at least it, it is comforting as someone who's thought about this a lot <laughs> to see like, well, you know what? That's about the most heroic thing you could possibly do mm-hmm. is s- end it. <laughs> like stop this from happening. I don't mean suicide. I mean like he's not going to do that to his kids. <laughs> yeah. That's the, like, that's the, that's the bravery right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We got, we got to move on. Cause I, we've okay, spent sorry. 20 minutes talking about a movie. Mike hasn't seen. <laughs> Is dream scenario scenario on your list? It is. Okay, so I won't talk about that. I did just kind of want to mention Wonka because I like just saw it like, oh, wow. a couple of hours ago. I have not seen um, it. I, I want it everyone good. to see it. I did probably, you see it? No, no. I said sorry. I said I heard it was pretty good. A coworker of mine was talking about it. <sighs> it had a horrible trailer. Yeah, right. Sure. That made it look awful. Absolutely. And then, yeah, the movie is not as bad as that trailer. And Lee actually quite liked it. Lee was like, I thought that was pretty good. And I was like, I don't know. I, I felt it's it's just strange. It's very, it feels so empty. Like, it's a beautiful production design. Um, you know, it's all the it's Harry Potter producer and everything. So, like, it looks really good. I Obviously, it's the Paddington guy. He's great. There's some really funny stuff. Olivia Coleman is great. Um, the guy from Downton Abbey is very sweet. The music is good. The music is by a guy in a band that I really like. Hmm. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, Timothy Chalamet is incredibly miscast. And I, I, it's the way there's it this, the scenes where he is like, there's, it's close ups and of his watery eyes, like where he's thinking about his dead mother. Those are great. Like, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, good actor. But when he's trying to give quirky (laughs) or like Lee was like his like sales pitch, he has several moments where he's like in front of people like selling his chocolate and here's the benefits of my chocolate. And it's just like, oh, dude, this is just so not in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just tonally a strange experience and they have this mix of like soundstage and digital backgrounds and they do have big crowd scenes but ultimately I'm like I don't believe that anyone lives here mm-hmm. like which is something I've felt a lot in like movies of the past several years and I'm like I don't know if I if that's a pandemic situation or what but I don't think so I think it's just cheapness and everything being made on screens kind of that yeah. like, you're like oh yeah people are supposed to live here but yeah it was um I want to hear 
what everyone else thinks of it. You know, I'm like, how are other people? It, it's a I like when I when a movie is like, I didn't like it. It wasn't good, but it was bizarre, you know, <laughs> and that's something. And that's kind of how I feel about Wonka. Interesting. I mean, I mean, but I'm, it was better than the trailer implied for sure. That seems to be the general consensus. I have, I have, I'm not in any hurry to see it, but I'm, I'm interested in. Well, I think I'm interested in Paul King because I think Paddington yeah. one and two are two of the best movies of the last. Well, and there's years. there's parts of it that are really like I thought Olivia Coleman was very funny. There's certain jokes and gags that mm -hmm. were like feel like okay, that was really funny and nobody else is doing that yeah and then there's other jokes and gags that i'm like why is matt lucas in this like mm. <laughs> this is too british for me and i think even they hate him so like <laughs> i don't like there's just certain things and i'm like this is stupid and i understand it's for babies but uh <laughs> i don't know if they're loving matt lucas either but anyway that's all of mine oh except for i wanted to highlight poker face from tv i just wanted just, I think that's some of the best cinema that I saw this year was I Poker still Face. It, fuck, it fucking rules. I loved it. And Charles Melton um, was in an episode of that um, and, he, and he rocks and it's such a different character from May, December and he's still great. So Cool. Cool, cool. Cool beans. All right. And and here we, we are, here we are. We've gotten through our <laughs> <laughs> our honorable mentions. Incredible. Look at us go. We got 40 minutes for the top 10. Holy can we shit. do it? Uh we could try. So I do not have I've got a top six. So I'll jump in when we get to round. And I've six. got a top three. Perfect. So Andrew, you got the mic until we get to six. Okay, great. Uh number 10, you hurt my feelings. Um yeah, I saw this. I don't think I've heard of it. You saw it, Mike? I saw it, yeah. That blows my mind. That seems what? like <laughs> I because my 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 pitch to this movie was gonna be like, kid, I think you'll like it. Mike, I don't think you should go anywhere near this. This is not for you, buddy. <laughs> well, go ahead with it with your I, thoughts. I just on it, I thought you know? it it just was a very like I don't know. It was it's a it's like a a, a marital sort of like dramedy. And it's it's basically like an aspiring writer played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, finds out or she overhears her husband uh, talking about her latest manuscript and just like, he's just like, I just wasn't really into it. I didn't really oh, like cool. it. Yeah. And that's what the movie's about. And it's, I, I mean, it's. Well, he really likes a like force majeure premise. But yeah. he has told, he has told her that I really like it. I really like you. You should, yes. you know, like he's told, encouraged her with it, like basically sure. lying to her. So and that's kind of why it's like a, a big thing. Yeah. And partially. the, and, and the dad, uh, the husband's played by to Tobias Menzies. And, um, it's just like, is there anything this man cannot do? Um, yeah. So wildly different from he's the so characters. That I used to play. Yeah. He's great. Also side note, he's 49. She's 62. He looks older than her. <laughs> Moonstruck baby. Um so yeah, I just I just I don't know. I was it was easy for me to watch. Um I was not expecting anything and then I thought like, hey, this is it's it's nice to examine marriage in, you know, in an eyes wide shut way, but also in not an eyes wide shut way. Yeah. Um so my thoughts on it were basically uh like the people were kind of annoying, but I felt like the movie was aware sure. enough that yes, they were annoying. Absolutely. They're all people, and they're I thought rich was... people living in New York. We Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably why you thought like, oh, Mike probably shouldn't watch this. Yeah. Um, 
but I thought it was an interesting enough premise because like I wrote a book um, that a lot of people didn't like a lot. Some people liked it fine. Um, but it was like, like you put like as much as you try to be like, I wrote it. I don't care what other people think. It's like, it's really hard to give it to friends or sure. like my wife. She was mm-hmm. my girlfriend at the time and get like, you know, kind of, um, I mean, some people gave really good feedback, po- positive reception type of thing. But uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a really interesting thing. Like, it's like, well, what would I do if I heard Sarah being like, oh, this fucking thing he made me read was dog shit. Like, or, you know, something Ugh. like that. And it's, it's, I just thought it was a really interesting premise. And it's all very, like, low key. And, uh, you know, she's a little ridiculous in moments, like a way that, you know, as a, as a writer, I couldn't quite put myself in her shoes. Um, but for the most part, it's just like, it's acknowledging like everybody's got their egos and marriage is hard and you know just like realistic things that mm-hmm. I'm now old enough to um, relate to and so I thought it was I thought it was pleasant it wasn't in my runner up or my top but uh, but it was I thought it was a good little movie. Okay, well that's good. I'm glad I'm yeah. glad you didn't I'm glad you didn't uh, think it was awful. Um, but yeah. no, and I do I do think Kit should check it out. Like I think you would. I'm going to. I yeah. really like that premise. Yeah. I I mean like. I I mean I think about that all the time because like you know Lee and I work on music together and he right. like was it will be like can I play you something can I or he'll email me something and like just the other night he sent me like a demo and I was like um <laughs> it's just like I don't know I don't think that there's <laughs> I you know I didn't I I didn't it didn't sound very original to me and I was like and it, you should and I had a bunch of like you know change the music and this this that or way and then I'm like later I have to be like is that I like ask him, I'm like, is that what you, I don't know. Is that what you want? Like, <laughs> should I be honest? Cause like, I also tell him, and I'm like, like, he played something for me like a month ago when I was like, I think you know that that fucking kicks ass. Like, you don't need me to tell you. Right. But um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, my friends asked thing. to read my dissertation like in summer, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll send it to you. And I'm like, no, I will not do that. I read it, you know. I thought it was good. I read the All first right. third. I fully intend to finish it. I, I didn't, it wasn't like I put it down because it was bad. I just, I just basically it's lost. It's boring time as yeah. hell. I didn't think it was. I mean, I it's a dissertation, so I, it's, I, I, I thought it was interesting. I didn't think it was boring. No, I, right. I have not read Uncle Tom's Cabin, so like that <laughs> section was like a little bit harder right. on me because I'm like trying to. I don't have the context, but uh, the, the the rest of it I was fully into. Uh, anyway. Enough about Kit's stupid dissertation. <laughs> we get it. She's a doctor. Um, <laughs> no, we're all proud of you. Um, <laughs> is that why she has her shirt off? Yeah. Some sort of inspection thing? She also is wearing a stethoscope all the time, which is so yeah. annoying. <laughs> um, number number nine, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I read the book right before I read the movie. Or read the movie. I should have watched it, but I decided to read the movie. Uh, <laughs> I think this movie I think the movie is really good. I mean, it's it's a hard watch. It does a couple of... It does some things differently than almost every other biopic like this, you know, like it's I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. just it's 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 all coming from a very fresh perspective to me. Like this is not a movie that it is not a mystery. Um, And the book is even kind of a mystery. Um, I mean, you kind of always know, but the movie is like, no, no, these are the people who are doing it. And this is what's happening. Buckle up get ready to watch some sadness. Um, but I think that just like the scale of it and just like the, the, 
the production design is just it's like man thank god martin scorsese's still out there and he's and he's um he's able to do this because not many other people are um there's a couple things that are like oh you know with the you know the adaptation of it where it's just like eh, it didn't really work for me but um but i i think the movie's overall a very very good movie um and difficult to watch number 8 is uh dream scenario um we love it. We love our boy, you know, and he's back yeah. and he's better than ever. And, and we, we're, we're, we're happy about it. Um, it's a weird movie, uh, that never really fully explains its premise. And like, that's kind of, it's like, thank God, thank God they didn't do that. Oh, are you okay, kid? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I think, yes, I don't mind that at all. No, but I just like, I, it's, 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 it's kind of unusual to me. Um, yeah. And it's definitely a movie that switches gears and is like isn't mm-hmm. afraid to kind of like change it up and I feel like it's you you get these like very distinct shifts in the movie that um I think work really well. Um and then obviously, you know, if if nothing else, if you hate everything else, you know, you can at least um sit there and watch Nick Cage give uh, I think it, a very very good performance. It is so fun. It's such a fun performance to watch like it's it's the classic thing like people I don't know I read like a review of it that was like you know we know what a Nicolas Cage performance it was like a one of the few like negative reviews of the movie is like we know what a Nicolas Cage performance is and we know what is like what you know one or two or three Nicolas Cage types there are and what he's gonna do I'm just like I could not disagree (laughs) more no way dude i get what you're saying but like nothing nothing he chooses Mm -mm. in how he plays his character is what i or any other actor Mm -mm. would do but it comes together feeling like a very finely observed like portrait of a type of guy i think it is an incredible feat to craft a character who you thoroughly dislike but it's not for any other reason like he's a fine he's not a bad person he's not bad (laughs) no he's like an okay guy but he's just like and and you you know there's a bunch of people in the movie who are just like i don't want to hang out with that guy it's just like yeah "Yeah, neither do i Um, and it's so it's so funny like one of my favorite kind of like gags in the movie is when they're like it's both that in the dreams he's not doing anything but it's also that his reaction to hearing that he's not doing anything, like he hears that he's in people's dreams, just like, what do you mean I just stood there? <laughs> like, like it's so like self-involved, but also, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I think that I found the movie disappointingly banal in its, when it would try to make like a wider cultural observation and stray away from just being, because here's the thing they crafted a premise that feel, you know, this like Kafka esque like premise that is so bizarre, but like, like relatable weirdly mm-hmm. that you could apply it to like, I think as a pure metaphor, 
it would have meant a lot more than the things they tried more directly to pin it to. Sure. I really didn't like the like TikTok like dream influencer scene. I mean, I like to see Cousin Greg and everything, but to me that was like it felt old. It felt like a grandpa like talking about social media a little bit to me. Whereas like yeah. I would have thought about those things yeah. just yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. this idea. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. It's like, like I, I, I get that this applies to my world, mm-hmm. you know? But let me, like, just, you know, this kind of, like, folkloric idea, and, and it will inevitably, I will make connections. Yeah, I do think that stuff is, I agree with you fully. I would only, the only little bit of devil's advocate I would play is that I think this movie does it better than almost every other movie trying to, (laughs) to comment on this. And that doesn't mean that I think that it's like, that I don't think it's not the worst part of the movie, but I also, Mm -hmm. I also think it could have gone a lot, (coughs) a lot worse. I think Mike would like it. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely was on my, my, my two C list. Like I don't even, is it, is the killer on anybody's list? Uh, it, is not no okay but so like I, that but I, do, I wanted to see but i do think you should see it and i did think it was yeah. good and it should have been in my it was it actually was in my top 10 and somehow it got deleted from my top 10 and my honorable mentions which Runners is up. ominous okay. but i think you should watch it yeah and then like zone of interest it hasn't even come here yeah. yet so mm-hmm. it's just like well okay anyways uh number seven number seven eight. the okay. holdovers um, yes that's yeah. higher on my list okay great we'll i'll skip it then um, and number six is, uh, past lives. Um, nice. Yeah. Past lives is a fuck. I mean, you haven't gotten to the end and the end is a real fucking kicker. Uh, I love the beginning. Great. The cold open of that one. Fucking great. Just a really, really ingenious. Yeah. Really interesting. I mean, and a lot of the movie takes place between two characters who have a relationship over Skype. Um, and it's compelling. So, yeah, um, but it's 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 interesting. It's it's seems to be like thoroughly kind of like looking through the lens of like different cultures and and the way yeah uh, you know relationships function and then also just like the way sometimes people just just things don't line up even if they make mm-hmm. sense and yeah I, it's a it's a it's it's kind of heart wrenching but it's also like a very sweet movie to me. Um, and it's it's again it's it, it <laughs> kind of like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's delicate with its subject matter, and um, <laughs> and kind to its characters. Um, so yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah, and that's those those that's we're at number five, number six, or six. Well, okay, so I've got a number six. Wait, okay, so the past it. lives was your number six? It was. Okay, so my number six was No Hard Feelings. Uh, did any of you guys see that? Oh, is that the Jennifer Lawrence movie? Yeah. Yeah, I did see it. Okay. I saw it bro, I saw it twice. <laughs> so I kind of did too. Uh, I wound up, Sarah was watching it on Netflix, and yeah. I walked in like 10 minutes after it started, and I watched almost the whole movie, and like then I went back and rewatched it and when I to, to see the beginning, and I, I watched almost the whole movie again. Um, but yeah, it was like, it's a romantic comedy, kind of. It's like, a, it's more of like a, it's more in the vein of something like there's something about Mary 
uh, which I actually just rewatched. Uh, I was texting Andrew about the other day, but it's it's got like these really crude moments in it where it's like kind of over the top gross out type of stuff. The movie as a whole is it's just a little too wacky to like carry to to be like a really truly good movie, I think. But like um, the two characters, it's like this like very shy, um, socially awkward younger man and then jennifer lawrence is an older like i mean not she's not old i think she's in her late 20s or early 30s or something and um she's like more of like a like a wild hard partying type of lady and i don't know it just it was like it, it's nothing at all like my i mean i mean it's nothing really truly like my life that i've lived through but like in terms of i've always like been frustrated that in movies there's never like there's never really shy men who are like still normal and not just like, yeah, <laughs> um, like some sort of weirdo, which I'm a weirdo. I accept that. But like, it's, it's also just like, there's never like a timid man and then things go realistically or something like that. And, uh, and this movie, I don't know. Anyways, I just really, I, uh, in a way related to the, to the story, uh, to the protagonist, uh, or the, the lead male. And then I also just thought Jennifer Lawrence was just fantastic in it. And I was very slow to even like her in the first place. Like, uh, she was kind of like America's sweetheart for a few years, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't really get on board until people kind of started to <laughs> yeah, not that's like not, her that, as much. That sounds like <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> I know. I was like late to the party, but I still, I just thought I hadn't seen her in anything for a while, and I thought she was really good in it and super mm-hmm. funny. And uh, yeah, it was just a movie that was like, it was just fun and light. Um, but there was a few things I would have changed to make it like a truly good movie. But anyways, I put it on my list. So yeah, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was Okay. I was, it was, it's supremely watchable. Um, it's not always, it's one of those, you know, it's a, it's, it's a true, it's a true comedy and we don't get a lot of those lately. So it's kind of, that was probably part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on your list, Andrew? It is not. It is not. And and I don't think I'd put it there, but I didn't, I also didn't not like it. I don't think it's like a good movie and like the premise is a little bit fucking nuts. Um, but there are, there are genuinely good moments and i think that the the two leads are very good um yeah cool number f- number so five five go ahead okay uh number five is poor things um oh yeah yeah uh yorgos lanthimos's new movie this movie's it's awesome it's it's wild i did not think the trailer looked super great um but i i'm interested in whatever he makes so uh we went and saw it and it it's um it's gorgeous. He's doing things that other people just aren't. Mm-hmm. He just did. He I, just, I saw I saw some of the cinematography like that's not in the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this is like Doctor Parnassus. Yes, <laughs> like super weird. Nobody uses but fucking cool. nobody uses fisheye lenses or pinhole cameras yeah. outside of you know skate videos, and he's <laughs> using them to great effect. I think he's figured it out more so in this movie than I think the favorite is where you started to see some of that stuff, which was fun to see in a in a uh, period piece but um and i'm sure that you know i'm sure people have like analyzed that movie to to the point uh to death and and you know all that stuff's been explained but it just really felt like everything coalesced with that man and um what he wants to say um incredible performances it's sort of like the best actors in the world doing drama 101 you know doing weird pantomiming and and it's I, I love it. I love it. Huh. Um, mine. Um, that's definitely, I, I would like to see that, but I've been kind of cool on Yorgos since 
I really liked the lobster, but then like sacred deer and the favorite left me kind of cold. Um, but I would like to see poor things. But uh, anyhow, my number five was Thanksgiving, uh, directed by Eli Roth. Did anybody else have that higher on their list? <laughs> uh, it's not. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. Okay. So um, <laughs> I assume this, I thought maybe this would be kids number two, but yeah. Um, no, anyway, so it's a fantastic slasher movie. Uh, it's very much an Eli Roth movie, so um, I'm I'm a defender of his. I guess I don't know if he even is at the level where people would still attack him. But, um, anyways, yeah, it was just it was really good. I've struggled a lot. Uh, I mean, not like deep struggle, but um, I I have a hard time with like the culture, like where the culture is at, uh, which we've all we've discussed to some degree. Um, just Americans in general. I I, I want to love this country, and it's just it gets hard. Uh, sometimes and there's a lot of satire in thanksgiving that um i don't know it's just a it's a weird blend of i wouldn't say it's political satire but it's just like kind of some cultural satire and then just also a really good slasher movie and and because it's eli roth he doesn't totally land either part of that movie but uh it's just it's all good enough to be much better than almost anything else I'm seeing. Uh, so that, yeah, I'd put it at number five. I also, I do think you should watch it, Andrew. I think you would get a kick out of it. I will. I will. So, yeah. I, I, but yeah. I probably will wait till next October. Yeah. And that's fair. And, or even, you know, November. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and it was actually, it was one of the very few movies I got to see in a theater this year. So that was fun. I like made it a point to go out and see that, uh, when the opportunity presented itself. So, um, but, but yes, number cool. four. Number four, Mission. I Impo- have a number four oh, too. Okay. So you know. Okay. Okay. I already cool. started, so it's Mission Impossible. Dead and it's Reckoning. higher on my list. Okay, that great. That's higher on my list. That's Excellent. higher on my list as well. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Cool. So f- go ahead and for your number four. I I just made a you know last a late edition. decision to add this. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the my top three really aren't in any particular order, but this one I would say is the lowest of the of like the top four because I don't. One, I just literally watched this today, and I don't have as much of an emotional connection or a just a like love for it, maybe that like I have for the top three. Um, May December. Oh, that's higher I on my do- list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so mine is number four is Oppenheimer. Oh, cool. I mean, I guess Andrew had in his honorable mentions kit nothing. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Okay. So yeah, I just finished it today. And so I was kind of careful not to place it too high, uh, like the recency thing, recency yeah. bias. Uh, but yeah, I just thought this was one that I was really sad that I couldn't get to in the theater this yeah. summer. Um, yeah. I didn't get to I didn't get to do Barbenheimer. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, yeah. So Oppenheimer, I just thought was uh, just a really well-made movie. And it could be because I'm sick. I'm not really, I'm not on any drugs, uh, but it could be because I'm sick. But like I, um, and I also, I sometimes don't like it when people use this as like a measure of whether a movie was good or not. But about two thirds of the way into the movie, when he's grappling with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like I couldn't stop crying. I just um, wow, wow, thought that the whole movie, it's the way it's edited is is what makes this a, a Nolan movie, I think. It's, it's, it's extremely... Um, I don't always think his movies are super heartfelt. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, and this almost isn't, but it's just this this yeah. man. You see what reached him and how it was hitting him, and then also just I think it's it like is. I, when I saw I think this Bowling one for is. Columbine. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, sometimes I just a movie bringing up something that's extremely sad makes me cry. Like if whether it's like the movie, yeah. you know, yeah. to the movie's credit or not. Um, but I really do think with this that it was like. Um, it's a great biopic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't attest to the historical accuracy of it. I haven't. I just finished it, so I haven't like looked into it. And I'm mm-hmm. not that familiar with Oppenheimer's no. story. Um, but just like the way that it all comes together, uh, and the way that the energy builds, like one, it makes for a really remarkable, like like you said, movie about people in rooms talking. Um, oh shoot, we got we don't got a lot of time. Uh, but but yeah, then I just it really emotionally impacted me more than I expected it to. Especially being a Nolan film, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I mean, but yeah, I, so that's that's where I land. I and, saw and C- Cillian or Killian Murphy, yeah, Killian Murphy. So uh, he, I thought he was great. Uh, I also I hated Emily Blunt's character in many moments, but I thought that she was really good uh, in the movie. I agree. Um, but anyhow, that's that'll be my yeah piece for yeah. It's it's really good. I mean, I I was also very affected, but I mean, I found it just like very gripping, very intense. Yeah for a movie like that. Um, and I, so I appreciated all of like the sort of like Nolan touches put in, an intensity kind of put into something that right. it is an intense story, but <coughs> movies, stories like this are not usually told this way. Right. So I, I, it felt like Dunkirk or something. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I saw that and I saw Interstellar again in the theater like two days apart and like I'd, both. Yeah, I'd love to rewatch that. I fucking saw it the last time. I yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you liked Oppenheimer. I wasn't sure if you would, but I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, do you have a number? F- Did you say your number four kit? Kits was uh, May December. Oh right, okay, number three. List, yeah. Number three for me, Godzilla minus one. Ah, I uh, really wanted to watch that before <laughs> yes. this. But. So fucking good. So um, it might be the best one, the best Godzilla movie, possibly. Um, I really like, like, they're at such a point with Godzilla in Japan where they're just like, hmm, what else can we do with him? Which I'm loving. It's there because they're figuring out fucking ways to do it. Um, I loved Shin Godzilla, which was like so much just like bureaucratic red tape and like boardroom meetings and shit. But like, yeah, it's wildly interesting. And Godzilla minus one is like a just a very, very different movie. Um, it actually has a lot in common to do with the what is it? The the new Miyazaki movie. They're very similar hmm. movies in a lot oh, of ways. Uh, Boy, Boy and Heron. Yeah. Which is also yeah. which is also a great fucking movie. Um Anyway, Godzilla minus one. Highly recommend. I won't talk about it too much because I know you guys want to see it. Um, but okay. everybody, everybody should see it. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, who else got number three? Kit. I do. Go ahead. Um, my number three, and again, not really in any particular order in the top three, is Nimona. The fuck? Um, Nimona. Nimona. What's that? It's a Netflix animated movie. Okay. Um, I loved it. It 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 was a contender for like easy number 1 in terms of like how much fun I had watching it and how it's so nice to like put something on and be like, "Oh my god, I like immediately love this and I'm having so much fun watching it." Cool. And I don't didn't know cool. that I would. I mean, obviously I chose to watch it because it had intri- things about it had intrigued me, but um 
It's like Riz Ahmed is like a voice actor in it. He is fantastic. He's such a good voice actor. The character, I like, I appreciate that like the animation um, is really its own style. Cause like obviously everyone is trying to be Spider-Verse right now. Right. And this is not, it is its own thing. I don't, I mean, it doesn't have as much, especially in the backgrounds, it doesn't have as much detail Whoa. as like probably a much more expensive animated movie would. Yeah. Um, but the character design is really, I think, beautiful and this unique. Awesome. And the story was, the story was really unique. It was really, really funny. Yeah. It had a pre-credit scene that just like, holy shit, I'm so hooked on this. And it was weird. Like, so there's a lot, you know, of stuff about representation, obviously, and like, you know, Disney and all, you know, being like, we're going to redo this. Like, we're we're good people because we put a black woman in a fucking movie. And then you see something like this that is so just like, like endemically queer, basically. And it's like, oh, it's actually really fucking easy. You just fucking do it because like, that's your story. Like, it... It's not like hitting check marks. It's just like this is the story that this specific person told. Right. And it does, it makes like the story is told in a really different way. Like the be where it begins, I was like, I can't believe this is the beginning of this story. And then where like you, like there was a point where I'm like, wow, it feels like the story is revolved and they is resolved and they defeated the villain. And it's like, no, that was like, <laughs> but like not in a messy, like bad pacing kind of way, just in a, like, this is a really like, um, unique. It reminded me, honestly, and I feel like this is a dangerous comparison to make because it reminded me of Shrek because, like, Shrek is so, like, memed and everyone copied it for such a long time that I think we, like, retroactively, maybe some of us think of Shrek as bad. But, like, Hell the no. first time I saw Shrek, Not even me. as a little kid, I was like, wow, I've never seen anything for sure. like this. Like, it was so different from, like, the animated formula that like Disney had established yeah, and the kinds of jokes and the way the animation looked was like beautiful at the time in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. This, I felt the same way about that. I was like, this is just completely different. And it's also using like kind of like fairy tale nights and stuff as like it's setting, but just like doing something completely different with that. I really, really <laughs> loved it. It's also kind of iron giant E in some ways. I don't know. It was really moving and and funny, um, and and very sweet. It's also um, uh, I liked it a lot. it's also an Annapurna movie, which we have not. That's I just not saw a, that. Yeah, that's not a name I've seen in a while, and I'm glad that they still exist. Spring Breakers, baby. Yeah. All right, Mike. No, no wrong. Sp Spring Breakers is uh was uh it was both. It was a twenty four and Annapurna. Ah! Yeah. Okay. Good yeah, because Megan Ellison used to just be like, "My yeah. thing is, I'm going to give like thirty million dollars to <laughs> some auteur." Um, ah, that's so cool. But anyways, yeah. All uh, right. Okay, my number three is the holdovers. Ah, fun. Okay, good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's on my. On it's, list it's my number seven. I did kind of oh. want to see that too. Wait, it was on you. You already said talked about it. I didn't. Did we I skip said, your no, you you told me it was higher in the list, so I stopped talking about oh. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. Sorry, I got cold brain. But yeah, no, so the holdovers. Uh I caught it the other day. I uh uh 
there's a couple I, I feel like the ending didn't quite land for me but other than that i was just it, like this is so i'm nice i, knew like, it. I really I knew love it. this I knew movie it. i knew it i knew it what <laughs> i knew that you were gonna i knew this is this is gonna be a movie for mike oh okay i thought yeah. you meant that i wouldn't like the ending. no i knew it yeah I knew it. no it's just it's, it's like, a little I long mean, but yeah see but you said that and you said like because i was talking about it's like i want to get people hanging out right yeah it's just people hanging out i fucking <laughs> love it like yeah. and it's just it's so like um the you know not not the atmosphere, atmosphere but the setting yeah so the atmosphere mm-hmm. the setting like it's just like man this is fucking nice i really liked it it's kind um, of it's kind of catcher in the rye which i think can be yeah, a little bit can be eye rolly um yeah but the characters are great it's a sweet sweet once again just like indiana jones and the dial of destiny <laughs> we have a very sympathetic movie um yeah. Yeah, I appreciated it a lot. I think there was there's, there's yeah. so many great scenes, so many great performances. This is one of, for me, one of Alexander Payne's best movies. And yeah. I fucking hated his last one, his weird sci-fi shrinking people movie. Downsizing. Downsizing. See, and like, I didn't see Downsizing, but God I was even kind of cool on The Descendants, like which yeah. got like Oscar yeah. nominations and stuff. I thought yeah, it was Yeah, this fine. is way better. This is way but, better. But, I mean, Nebraska and Election are yes. just like some of my favorite movies. So, yep. you know, I was very glad to see him. I wouldn't even say return to form because this was not as cynical yeah. by a mile, you know, as a lot of no, films. No, I thought it was, so. I was like, is this going to be cyn- too cynical or is it going to be like, you know, just like schmaltzy or saccharine or whatever. And it's just, <clears throat> it it all kind of just works. Yeah. But it is right, a little so bit long. Kit, had you seen this? Had you seen it? No, I, I wanted okay. to get to it. I thought <laughs> it would be too emotional but it looks what got me i watched a thomas flight video where he talked about it today and i didn't the cinematography it looks so beautiful that really really made me want to watch it so one one thing i do want to call out because the movie opens and i'm like oh no it does the thing where it's like it's a movie that is shot like and looks like a movie from a different time even though you know what i mean and it's like there's yes I do think it has some I won't spoil I won't go too far into it, but I do think it has some thematic precedence. And it did I, I did sit there like tapping my foot, shaking my head for the first 15 minutes. It did win me over. I did get past mm-hmm. it. So anyway. Number two. Number two, Andrew. Number two, talk to me. Um Okay. Oh fuck. I wanted to see that too. Yeah. To it's it. it's great. I mean, it's it's like it's not perfect, but there are there there's specifically there's a lot of great stuff in it. There's one scene that like it just it was like if it wasn't in there, it'd probably be in my honorable mentions. But because it's there, it's fucking up near the top. Um, okay. so I won't talk too much about it, but it's like, yeah, it's like t- teenagers are at a you know, they're they're having these parties where they are like experimenting with like seances and like connecting with demons and shit. And um, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. And it's it's like a million dollar movie or something, maybe less. Uh, and it looks awesome. Um, yeah. Big fan. Highly recommend. Um, that's all I'll say. Definitely. Check that one out. Yeah. Kit. Number two. OK. Remember, I have my three least favorite as well. Um, OK. Number two. Again, it's so hard to put these in order. Um, I'm going to say the last second. Number two is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. That was, that was my number two. Yeah. And we okay. did a whole other. We did a whole episode on that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I don't. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. Num- number one, baby. So well, real oh, quickly. OK. What if I got? could just say for number two uh, for Mission Impossible that like that was like we took the day off work 
uh yeah. that was like my movie event of the year and oh, so that's sure. like yeah. part yeah. of the thing but then and um, it's and i saw it twice like in theaters which is unusual for me yeah it's just it's hard to even judge it against other movies yeah i know it, really yeah so but, okay. i almost so my... i i almost had this as a uh honorable mention because it's half a movie um that and was I'm, kind of a thing, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to come down hard on that. And then I just was like making the list and I was like, this is fucking stupid. I love Mission yeah. Impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and we we went we went hard on things that we didn't really love about this movie and still came out smelling like roses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm 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 locked in. I can't I can't escape it's it. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Do we all have the same number one potentially? Maybe. I, I don't think There's so. There's one movie that hasn't been mentioned that I can't believe hasn't been mentioned. Is it my my boy? So my number one okay. is May December. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. My number four. Yeah. May December okay. is a fucking it's it's a, Mike, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I would like to see that though. It's, it's, I think you'd like it. You, you gotta okay. watch it, dude. You gotta watch it. It's it's such a fucking trip of a movie. The and the the performances are amazing. It's amazing. But it's like it's 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 unexpected. It's unexpected. Um, I it's like you go into this and it's like, is this good? And then it's like, I don't know. Once I once I figured out what they were, what uh, Todd Haynes was doing, it's like, oh, I get it. It's the most like. Because that's the thing is it didn't I thought it was it was like just watching a. Technician just like. He, what he pulls off is in, is insane. The to have that level of control. Yes, yes. It's like over four, what you're doing. It's like 4D chess. Right, and yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of morons on on you know social media who who can't wrap their brains around something being two things at once. Yeah, um, fuck them. <laughs> this this it's. I don't know how, how anyone else could have. I, I don't know how he fucking did it. Like, I, yeah, I, it's very controlled and precise. And I love, perfect. I love Carol and I love far from heaven. This Carol's movie's great. This movie's on a whole fucking other wavelength. And it's not that it feels like it's not a T- Todd Haynes movie. It does, but it's totally. just, it's like one of the best directed movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. So there nice. you go. It it has to me, there are, el- there are definitely like Kubrickian, elements in the level of especially like shots in it like yes. so just yes though the way and like there's it's weird that you have all the mirror stuff obviously which is like crazy but then you also have like when they're like walking along the water talking and i'm like jesus christ look at this background oh <laughs> like it looks so beautiful there are shots that i like because it's it's not it's a very unassuming movie like i don't there's the, yes he's this man is this man is both showing off and definitely not showing off at the same time and there are shots where i was like how the fuck did he do that like i'm like tripod how, like, shots yeah yeah well yeah or like that's the, the thing with like when when they're walking along it's not the bayou i don't know what it is but they're walking and I'm just like, I've been just kind of listening to them talk. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Holy shit. <laughs> like, look where they are. Especially I think there's a part where like, like Charles Melton starts to kind of open up slightly. And that's when they move out of the trees in front of this like sunset or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I'm just like, oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, it's. It's really good. Great and fucking ending. As a great ending. And as 
amazing as the two like ladies are like because they're they're sort of in a different <laughs> movie from him and it's like they are just getting like some of the like juiciest shit they've ever been which given. is intentional right yes that it feels like yes. they're in a different movie right yeah. and then he is just like still i think the best yeah thing he's so good I do think he's he's probably my best actor of the year. Well, yep. can, can you tell us what the best film of the year was? I sure can. It was <laughs> obviously Asteroid City. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I think it's amazing. Well, first of all, it was cool that we watched The Petrified Forest this year. Because there's yeah, so many echoes true. of that. So many echoes of Bus Stop. Mm-hmm. Um it's, you know, at fun as usual to try to figure out all of the... I've actually um, never seen Bus Stop. I should watch that. Yeah. Um, it would be fun to watch it after seeing this. Yeah. Um, I swear to God, I went... Like, as soon as uh, Rupert Friend showed up, I was like, I'm pretty sure that that is, like, a direct reference to Bus Stop. I'm pretty sure that's what the guy is wearing. And then I looked it up, and it was like, yeah, that's what he, <laughs> that's oh, what the guy is wearing. I loved, like, I loved how his spurs would jingle every time he walked into frame, even though he's not wearing spurs. <laughs> Lee noticed that, like, <laughs> there's, like... <laughs> a flutter. So I think they shot this outside, but they're pretending to shoot it on a soundstage. Right. But there's flutter echo. Oh, so of I don't, a sa- yeah. uh, the flutter echo of a soundstage <laughs> because all of the you know, anyway, it's it was. I love that he. You every time you every time I see like I see Grand Budapest Hotel and I'm like. Okay, there's no way that he could go crazier than this. I know. And then, <laughs> and then I see the next one, the anthology, and I'm like, well, surely he can't go crazier than this. And then Asteroid seems like, oh, he went even crazier. It's so, more and more and more Wes Anderson-y. I don't remember if I said this to you. I know I said this to Steve, but I feel like, do you, do you know who Louis Wayne is? The guy that drew the cats, and then he kind of started to go crazy, yes. and his cats got trippier and trippier. I was like, I think Wes Anderson is slowly going insane, and people are just like not <laughs> noticing it because they're yeah. like, ah, it's that Wes Anderson style. But uh, it's so but- it's so great because I think there are, I think like I have been put off by some of his movies in the past and then like later revise my opinion like you just got to be in the right mood but also he he can i think this was his most emotional movie because like grand budapest hotel like made me cry and Mm -hmm. and has like a kind of you know if you're very very cold for 90 minutes and then you have like one little thing i mean that's how like royal tenant bombs works and everything right but this movie just it's so i mean it's also like about grief and everything so it just it it hit like very hard but like from the jump it wasn't like oh there's one moment at the end where a man talks to his dad it's like right. the whole time stuff is happening that's like you know very deep and moving and dreamlike and hilarious and beautiful. It was awesome. It was great. Fantastic, fantastic movie. I still, I've seen it twice now and I still feel like I haven't wrapped my head around it entirely. Um, Totally. But like it was, there was like, uh, not literally, there was uh, almost a feeling when I, I, this was another one that I made a point to get to the theater to see this. And as it starts, it just, it's like, like, 
bullet speed or uh, I don't know, like rapid fire from the beginning. And I like felt like I was on a roller coaster or something like, you know, like you're going mm-hmm. up, like you're taking off and the, you're, the whole time you're just like trying to keep up with everything that's going on. I rewatched it at home a couple of weeks ago and there's just so much insane detail mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everywhere in the whole movie. Uh, and like, like from stuff that's just a cool detail to stuff that's like a pretty good joke uh, to all sorts of stuff. <laughs> the only, another thing that confuses me about it, we can talk about it later since we're out of time, but uh, there's so many lines where people repeat themselves so it's like, yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? So what? I don't know yeah. what that was, but I I liked it. But it, there's just so many things in the movie where it's like I don't really understand this, but I'm digging it. And then there's what I do understand about it, and then what I do feel about it when I watch it is just like there wasn't anything else that came close this year. Like it was just uh, wow, you know. And at the same time, uh, one one last thing, like it's I feel like the best thing I've seen about the pandemic and the lockdowns, and I don't want to see anything else about the pandemic and the lockdowns. Like <laughs> it was like. Because it, it was it, it it there's a there's a quarantine that's part of the story of the film, but it's not like making a statement about the politics of it. It's not trying to be um, like uh, make a comment on um, you know here's what Wes Anderson thinks about what happened in the last mm-hmm. four years or something. It's just like it. Almost, I think the way I told uh, talked to Steve about it was like it like it's very topical, but it has this plausible deniability that allows you to yeah. still enjoy it um, and and. Like, you didn't ha- – and I think this was kind of the whole thing of the movie in a way was that, like, you didn't have to, like, uh, think about the pandemic or the lockdowns, which was just one element of this. But it was, like, you could still kind of feel, like – there was just something about it that felt cathartic to me about – like I said, I've just – I've been having trouble with the world and, like, you know, the world out there and just all the stuff that we've all been through – over the last few years and like watching this, I felt like I was working through it, like mm-hmm. grieving maybe in a way, but I also could just watch this movie and be like, well, it's about acting. It's about making yeah. art. It's about like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, it was really crazy how many things that still landed with me that were just totally, you know, disparate things yeah. uh, throughout the movie. That was like yeah. when we, cause Lee, when he watched it with me, I think it was watching it for the third or fourth time. And, um, when it was over, I was like, I agree with you. It's about tons of different things. But like, to me, I was like, I was like, who, who, who did Wes Anderson lose? Because like he, somebody, yeah. somebody died. And I was like, Lee, what do you think that that's about? And he was like, I think it's about like a creativity and how you have to just keep making stuff. And I like, I think, yes, it's about art. It's about acting. It's about all that stuff. And I'm like. But I'm like, I so want to be like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I just like, it's, it's, I'm like, it's about life living itself being something you're creating, like, yeah. as you go. Like, you just, ha- you gotta just, like, do something. You gotta just, like, do the next thing, make a decision. Like, well, right. And that's like, the going. part where he says, he stops it and he's like, I don't understand the script. Yeah. And he's like, well, just keep going, anyways. And it's, yeah. I was like, oh, man. Like, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it seems cheesy, but it's like, man, that's good stuff. I know. It's like, <laughs> and I think it is part of it's like the, that's where the high, the super, super high style helps so much. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm, I think often that I'm like a kind of like 
cold person, especially like I, like I w- watching the Iron Claw last night. Like I texted Lee. He's like obviously asleep, but I was just like, um, I'm sorry that I'm I think I said like, I'm sorry that I'm so hard to get to. But like Wes Anderson helps because it's like it's so stylized. It's so like controlled and calculating and exacting that it like. I don't know, lets me then accept the <laughs> the moments that it's like, yeah, if you take that out of context, it'd be pretty corny for someone to like have that conversation in a movie and then you're like, oh gee, I wonder if he's actually talking about something other than a play or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and but like within this world that is so painstakingly created and fake and orderly and everything, it's like, okay, I can accept this, like in this context. I yeah. can accept this level of emotion. Um and it was, yeah, it was great. It was, um, I don't know. I, every movie of his that I see, I'm like, I think this is his best movie. Like, I think he gets better every yeah. time. Like, I, I've been, so I rewatched almost all of his movies after I saw this. Uh, and I just saw, I just rewatched Grand Budapest last year. And so I did not rewatch that one. But like, I rewatched Moonrise, Rushmore, uh, Tenenbaums. Uh, weirdly, I didn't watch Bottle Rocket. I watch Bottle Rocket almost every year. Mm-hmm. Um but I think part of what was going on this year for me was like I really needed some order because everything just has felt so crazy and just you never mm-hmm. know what's coming. And that you were kind of talking about how the style kind of allows you to to get into it and maybe mm-hmm. make yourself more vulnerable for it or open to it maybe. Um, and for me, it was – I don't know if it was quite that, but it was just that having this sort of order, especially to as his movies go on um, – was very comforting to me. But then at the yeah. same time, you just, you see just the heart of so many of these characters. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird when people talk about these movies, like they're sterile to me. I don't understand yeah. what they're watching. Um, but, but yeah. And it was just like, it's like you're, I don't know. It's there's, so there's the comfort of the style. And then also just the constantly being impressed with how he comes up yeah. with all this stuff. Um, I, I think there's then, so many like, like, um, like even watching showing up which is like not the kind of like indie movie that i usually watch because i'm like there i got to like i literally just got to be interested in people there's nothing pretty to look at which like it's a it's a well made attractive movie but like with wes anderson like i'm a simple i'm kind of i don't know i like just yeah this is really really pretty i'll just even if i hate what's going on like i'll keep watching it <laughs> just right. to see this and see a bunch of other movie references and just like you know beautiful stuff yeah. Yeah. So there yeah, there's just so much to appreciate about it. Appreciate about it, yeah. I suppose. But uh yeah, fantastic movie. And um so since Andrew has departed, I still have I I wouldn't want to go too much longer cuz I probably should get to bed. Um mm-hmm. but you said you had a worst of. I had a couple yeah. worst ofs. So Okay. Uh do you want to kick it off? How how many worst sure. ofs do you have? 3. Yeah, me too. Okay. I'm going to start with um one of my worst ofs it's not entirely fair. Maestro. I think. Oh, yeah. I think Maestro for what it. I really liked um, uh, A Star is Born. And I was. I mean, I didn't think I did not like the trailer for this movie. I didn't think it looked like we were going to get anything other than a very, very self-congratulatory, like Oscar Beatty kind of movie. And it was all that, but also just. um a really like the movie have you you haven't seen it no i I kind of would like to though i thought it looked like 
interesting. There's gorgeous shots in it. There's yeah. really creative, a couple of just like really creative, beautiful, almost like Citizen Kane-esque kind of cinematography in it. Um, it's definitely, I think it's worth watching, I guess, but it's just, um, for such a fascinating person with so many different sides to himself and his career, um, I don't mind that it's like a covert biography of her as opposed to really him, but it's not, it's neither. Like we don't learn, I felt I learned nothing about either of the people and it felt so hackneyed to like like I, I truly I watched this whole like two plus hour movie and I don't think I got anywhere there's all these scenes where people it's really really subtle like he doesn't want to exposit anything except in a couple of moments where they're completely laughable conversations of just exposition but for the most part of the story is told very obliquely kind of confusingly like jumping back and forth through time but to no end and it's like it's about like these two people and their marriage but like they never talk it's about how she had to like put her dreams on hold to support him but we never hear anything about what she did or wanted to do like you just don't I felt like I didn't get to know them at all and there's this there's a couple themes in there of like he you know there's in some ways that I could say like maybe the theme of this movie is like ambition and like this like towering ambition and how when you mix ambition with like the gender politics of the 20th century it means like you can't achieve your dreams without kind of like squashing a bunch of other people there's this idea of of um Bernstein Bernstein as like somebody who sucks the life out <laughs> out of others. Um and but it cuts out like Leonard Bernstein like it's pretty well known that he multiple times in his career outed other people in order to advance his own <laughs> career. Like people he was friends with, people he was having sex with probably, he would be like, hey, you know, that guy's gay. And then he would get the job that they were going to get. And it's like, if your movie is about ambition or about the persona that he has to adopt because he can't really be himself and be this like public figure and you can't be creative without being a public figure in this world, like, why wouldn't you include those episodes unless this was kind of a puff piece you know it just oh. kind of looks bad i don't know it just it was a very um showy and not a lot of substance the makeup <coughs> i think is horrible and distracting like carrie mulligan ages the same amount that bradley cooper does but they do very light makeup on her and she still conveys older woman extremely competently because she's a great actress bradley cooper i'm like i can't get past this like i cannot get past this horrible he looks uncanny the whole time i mean yeah. more so when he's younger to be honest <laughs> like yeah i thought it was really pretty trashy that's bummer i might skip that one then i thought I don't know. I saw like a trailer for it and I was like, well, the, the photography looks good. Like maybe it, good, it is but, good. The photography yeah. is, is good. And there's occasionally really good acting from both of them. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was disappointing. Um, do you want to give your number three worst? Well, and so I didn't really rank mine. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, one of them was cobweb, which was all three of my <laughs> horror movies. I realized. Uh, but Cobweb is a movie that Andrew and I watched for the podcast for Shocktober. 
and mm-hmm. uh, it was just pretty ludicrous. And was pretty it your bad. pick? No, Andrew picked that one. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, did he, you both he, not like it? Uh, pretty much. Like if uh, mm-hmm. he picked it, just like just as a whim. Like he, he, it wasn't like his favorite movie or something like that. He hadn't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, it was just pretty bad. It was so many very strange choices. Really, no internal logic. Just a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff happening. But it's annoying too because I'll see like on the Blu-ray forums or on Reddit or something, like somebody would be like, hey, Cobweb is this real hidden gem from this year. And I'm like, no, Cobweb sucked. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, what's what number two, two for you? Number two, I would say, and to be clear, these are the, my least favorite movies of the year. Not, I'm saying the worst movies of the year. Like there's okay. a lot of stuff that's worse than Maestro, but like I really found, did not like it. Right. Um, Ghosted is truly pure trash. That was the Chris okay. Evans um Anna de Armas movie. Oh, and, yeah. But, that was this year? Yes. But Gosh. I also, like, loved watching because it, <laughs> it was so unbelievably shitty. Like, but it, it I mean, it, it is awful, 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 terrible, horrible movie. <laughs> um, But, like, delightfully so. That's Netflix, too, right? That one or was a Hulu was Apple. I oh, think. Apple. Okay. Yeah, and it was it was so bad. Like it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Horrible. Um, what was your number one? Or, oh, so then I'll say uh, Scream Six was uh, <laughs> just really terrible. It's, Scream Five was extremely disappointing, uh, and it was pretty bad. And Scream Six was even worse. And it wasn't mm-hmm. as disappointing because in Scream Five they kill a character who I love from you know the. I guess the prior four movies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, six was just like, it's just like, man, is this what people think like a horror franchise or is this what people think is a, a horror movie now? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand the, the, what people liked about it, but anyhow, well, it seems like it's dying a slow death because like people keep dropping out of the, well, there was something that had to project. Do with, like, it was, it was like somebody tweeted about Palestine. Palestine. Or, or yeah. So she, got, so, so she, she got, yeah. Supposedly got fired for that. And then um, Jenna Coleman Ortega. dropped out. Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Jenna Coleman. Jenna Ortega dropped <laughs> out. Um, yeah. And then I think the director has now said he's out or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really it seems keep, like I'm, it's kind of falling apart. Right. Which I would be very happy for Scream. Because these things make... they Scream 5 and 6 have made like a ton of money. And I would be very happy if they have to just do a very hard reboot with 7. Because it's coming. Mm-hmm. But it might as well not right. suck ass. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, we'll see. If they can bring Nev Campbell back, that would be nice. I love mm-hmm. I love Nev Campbell. Uh, this yeah. is totally unrelated, but since we have a little wiggle room, um, there's like a Scream reunion coming to Kansas City Comic Con this this mm-hmm. coming year. And um, last year we went to com or I guess earlier this year, 2023, uh, we went to Comic Con to see William Daniels from Boy Meets World and other things. But uh, and so Sarah was like, "Well, would you want to get your picture taken with Nev Campbell?" Hell yeah! <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know how to answer that. It'd be very weird. <laughs> To have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have Nev Campbell like out of the screen, and I'm sitting there, you know, paying two hundred dollars or whatever to have a photo. Uh, but yeah, probably won't be doing that. But <laughs> I would love to see her in Scream Seven. So yeah. Um, okay, your number one worst. I have a suspicion of what it might be, or uh, least favorite is what. It yes, be. very much least favorite. Uh, Barbie. Okay, so go for it. I. I uh, what were you going to guess? That was it. Barbie. Okay. That's what I thought it would be because the listener does not know, but um, I say listener. One one might be optimistic, but uh, <laughs> the uh, Kit, when she saw it, 
there was like a long one of the longest text chains of the year, I believe. Uh, yeah, talking about how well, much she disliked it. So I've written. I'm currently <laughs> writing a, as it's not for this. It was it's part of my best music of 2023. <laughs> Next, oh yeah, includes um what is so far like 2,000 words on on <laughs> on Barbie. Um, I just think. I don't begrudge anyone who liked it. It's not like I think you're a fucking idiot if you like the movie or you enjoy it. And definitely, like, when I was sitting in the theater um, and it was happening and I was sitting there listening to people react to it, I definitely felt like the freak in the movie. <laughs> like, it was a very Twilight zone feeling for me because I'm just like, this is incomprehensible to me um there are a couple of moments like i like i i part of me i admire how weird they tried to be and i do admit that it had some of the funniest and most surprising jokes like of the year like mm. very very good funny moments um, and that is like, like, I think being funny is one of the hardest things. So like, I do really, really like tip my cap to like them for surprising me with certain things. But for the vast majority of the movie, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? But that's not why I hated it so much. Like I have continued um, to not want to engage with anything. I don't want to like, I like talking about bad movies. It's taken me months to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm finally going to try to write down like what I didn't like about this because I don't want to think about it. I I don't want to watch video essays about it. Even from people who agree with me, I'm just like, I don't even, I just don't want to think about this movie because I hated it so much and because it's so um, obviously succeeded and left me in the dust in terms of like how everybody else thinks about it. But I mean, it does come down to the fact that it is, uh, a commercial and um, antithetical in its very origin to there was never a possibility for it to be art in my opinion mm -hmm. um, which is something I could have known should have known before I bought a ticket to it <laughs> but honestly and I thought the trailer looked bad I was like not interested in it and then they released the song the Ken song and I was like oh well that looks kind of fun and that's why I went to see it yeah. and they fucking got me <laughs> and they completely dunked on me and ruined my life and um, but yeah it's one of the most like unpleasant and like lingeringly unpleasant experiences I've had like it just the success of Barbie disturbs me so thoroughly that like it is like a thing in my past I have to bury and like <laughs> and not and just not think about um like yeah I I really <laughs> it really it's not even so much that I like oh I hated this movie but my feelings about it are so singular amid <laughs> it's like it's like last jedi all over again where like i was in agreement with like everyone who hated that movie but for like the opposite like nobody had the same opinion and i don't like to be in that position i'm not i'm not as much of a contrarian <laughs> as mike is i'm like i i would like to have some people agree <laughs> with what i think and nobody does um and that's hard. 
Yeah. Why well, I'm, I just think I'm it excited spells to read. doom for the for our culture. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so we saw it a couple of weeks ago because it finally came to streaming, mm-hmm. and I like I sort of knew from your reaction that I wasn't gonna like it. Um, mm-hmm. but people at work are like nuts about it. And, yeah. um, and those are the only people I see anymore. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> well, I should definitely see it. Plus like Barbie and Oppenheimer were like the movies of the year. Like everybody yeah. saw those movies. And also, I think that's fine. Like, that's cute. I'm glad. I, I fear that it's like the last, last gasp of cinema or at least in person or theaters. Mm-hmm. But I'm like that people are coming up with little bits to go to movies like well whatever it takes yeah and i wasn't able to partake and i was pretty bummed that i couldn't even like go to it and like dislike the movies or or like them um but uh i did so this is a real quick side note i feel like asteroid Mm -hmm. city is the midpoint between barbie and oppenheimer because (laughs) it's like the atomic era type of stuff and then the production design oppenheimer either like that's too scary for me right um (laughs) But yeah, I just thought that was weird. I was like, well, my favorite movie like wound up being like kind of like it's the production design and the color Absolutely. or something of Barbie. And the, and also Noah Baumbach is a common thread between Barbie yes. and uh, Wes Anderson. I assume he worked on Asteroid City, but I'm not sure about that. But know. anyhow, so yeah, with Barbie, I saw it and I was like, my mind was like racing. Like I was very engaged with it and thinking about it as the movie was going on. But like I couldn't grab onto anything. And I think the movie yes. wouldn't commit to anything. Yes. Like – before fear so it's one thing to just throw a bunch of stuff out because it's a thoughtful thing or it's a playful thing but it was Mm -hmm. like i felt that there was this like reluctance to commit to anything for fear of offending an audience or or even just an imagined audience or social media Mm -hmm. or whatever the thing is uh so i didn't like that i felt like that was probably i i don't know it didn't have to make a stand, but if it was going to throw all this stuff out there, it should be coherent. And I didn't feel like it it was it would was coherent. Um, but that said, so like I think the movie was a thematic mess. Uh, I I would be hard pressed to make sense of it. I think it kept undercutting its own momentum, like for the story. One hundred percent. Yeah, and so that was the number like, of times like we get that mo- like the first time you see the montage of like the kind of like cardboard cutout looking like travel kind of sequences Uh you're like oh that's cute that's really like creative that happens like a hundred fucking times in the movie that people or barbie or somebody is going back and forth i couldn't believe that like oh we go to the real world we don't spend the rest of the film there we don't like it's yeah it was a it was a huge mess and i think you're i think yeah part of it is lack of commitment i think also part of it is it's trying to be a satire you cannot make a satire the call is coming from inside the house you cannot be mattel and satirize mattel right that is not possible well and it's like you've talked about how disney tries to reshape their stories that are more in line with like what they think people want politically or ideologically Mm -hmm. now and i felt like they were it was like i don't know if it was mattel but it was like for some reason gerwig had decided to do this for them and like Mm -hmm. reclaim barbie as like a feminist thing and to some degree uh, but I also like it wasn't even committed enough to that where I could be like, well, that's what they were trying to do. Um, they literally they are a they were on the verge of bankruptcy. They Mattel? yes, okay. nobody is Barbie. Nobody. This is the thing I was thinking is like and I made a in my forthcoming essay um, <laughs> a comparison to the Disney live action movies because like those movies suck absolute ass. But at oh. least they are founded their existence is constantly referring to something that is universally beloved to this day people love the cartoon 
Disney movies that they're remaking. Right. Nobody likes Barbie. The Barbie movie exists because Barbie has no place in the world anymore. Kids aren't playing with Barbies. And the Barbie movie is not designed to get kids to play with Barbies. Right. Mattel, it's not even for failing kids company. At all. It's, it was, it's on the verge of bankruptcy. They correctly figured out that the way to solve this problem was to market nostalgia to millennials. They figured out that the best way to do that was to start a film division. And then they hired a someone who would give them a veneer of feminism. Like, you know, and made a movie that is literally exists to sell like baby tees to 28 year olds. Yeah. Like that it, 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 it's like, it's different. Cause it's like, okay, yeah. Like all movies are commercials, whatever. Like, especially now, like, and Hollywood has always been about art and commerce. It's like, that's not new. Yeah, I'm saying, no, this is uniquely craven in it's like capitalistic <laughs> aims. It is truly a film that exists to, not even market the product that is the subject of the film, but to just market like stuff about it, like you right. know, like eyeshadow palettes and stuff like that. Like we've given up on trying to sell fucking dolls to kids, like because cause nobody wants a Barbie anymore. So but, millennials are bigger dupes than literal children, basically. Yeah, I think I think that that. I mean, it's it's no different from like you know. Um, so many companies now like, you know, Taco Bell, like entering like the clothing, like being a clothing brand, like, yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, we're not trying to sell We know the food sucks, but like you want to wear a t-shirt cause it's like funny. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it, it was, it really, and in the end, and this is like, I'm still trying to develop like how to actually talk about, like to get at like what my actual problem is. It's like, <coughs> We like in the end, like fans invented Barbenheimer, like they right. that marketed the movie. So Mattel didn't even have to find a way to market this like obvious commercial right. <laughs> ploy to people. And then when people were like, like before the movie even came out, when people were like, "Hey, this is a looking to be just like a commercial. Like this is kind of." lame and like barbie's not actually feminist really if you think about it for half a second and isn't it kind of sad that this is what like greta gerwig is chosen to do with her career um people would be like before they'd even seen the movie say why can't we just have fun like why can't you just let us have this like why are you such a killjoy kind of like response to those things and it's mm -hmm. like before you've even seen this movie you've already decided it is like you will are unwilling to accept any criticism of it like and that that's what made me go like okay this is what <laughs> like it just you know it it feels like we are not even trying to fight <laughs> the like complete surrender to you know, late stage capital. I don't know. And that just really like <laughs> disturbed me that like, you're not even willing to hear very, very obvious surface level criticisms of this, <laughs> of this movie's existence because you just want to have fun. And it's like, congrats. You've given Mattel what exactly what, and Warner brothers, exactly what they wanted without them even having to ask you. They didn't have to convince you. They didn't have to try to cover up the obvious problems with, with this you just did it for them anyway yeah um it's very scary I will, 
I mean, I hear you. Yeah. I, I, I think, I don't know. I think that says it all, but anyways, uh, my number one <laughs> worst movie was, uh, infinity pool, uh, which again, I didn't really rank them, but, uh, is that about people like... getting sucked into a pool? Yeah. It was like, uh, not, not exactly. I don't really know. I've what always it was thought about. that was like the scariest way to die. No. So it's not like, it's a very like weird, like abstract kind of film. So they're not getting sucked into pools. Oh, is it like, Cronenberg's uh, kid? Yeah, it's Cronenberg's kid. It's very stylish, but I just didn't feel like it amounted to anything. Um, but yeah, anyways. So our uh, Tom Cruise of the year, our fourth annual Tom Cruise of the year. <laughs> Andrew's going to be really sad he missed this. Yeah, uh, it looks like here um, it's, uh, it's Tom Cruise. Congratulations, Oh, wow. Uh, you wow. did it again. That's the hat trick plus one. Um, and I probably should go to sleep. So yeah, it's been and lovely. probably no Tom Cruise at all next year. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, because, yeah, the movie got pushed. It's sad to think about, but so stupid actor bad. strike. What was Fran it's thinking? the wor- worst thing that ever happened. It is. I agree. <laughs> uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in a radiation-proof bunker in the Nevada desert, but Andrew beefed, so we had to open the hatch anyway, and now we're all doomed. <laughs> Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes it sound great. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail.com. Yeah.